Hello, and welcome to the Victorious Living Christian Counseling Podcast, where Victorious Living is not only a dream, but a real possibility through Jesus Christ. My name is Crystal Ridlin, and I am a licensed mental health counselor in the state of Indiana, and I am a licensed professional counselor in the state of Texas. This podcast's purpose is so that you can find hope in your everyday life, that you can find victory in your life, in your relationships, in your job, and in everything that you do when we find the answers through God's Word, through the Holy Spirit, and through Jesus Christ. Today's podcast title is Get Out of That Pit. What do I mean by a pit? A pit is any place where you currently find yourself, where you feel stuck and unable to get out. This could be a bad marriage. This could be um, a bad job. This could be an addiction. This could be caught in a friendship that isn't healthy. Um, But it can also mean depression. Oftentimes when people are depressed, they find they would describe it as I feel like I'm stuck in a well and I can't get out. Um, It can mean that they're caught up in a cycle of anxiety that's debilitating, that makes it really hard for them to function every day. Um, It could be a bad boyfriend-girlfriend relationship. It could be unemployment, right? We all get caught up in situations at times in our life where we're going to feel like we're caught in a pit. Um, And so what we need to realize in order, there's some steps we need to take to be able to figure out how to get out of the pit. The first step is you have to recognize what got you into the pit in the first place. Um, I remember years ago, I was doing a devotional from Veggie Tales with my children who were toddlers at the time. Uh, maybe, maybe a little older than toddlers. I'm sure I had a toddler and then I had like a, maybe a five and a six-year-old or seven-year-old, something like that. They were pretty young. And I remember talking about this devotional with them and reading it to them and feeling like they were not paying attention in any way, shape, or form. And I remember getting kind of flustered with them and frustrated, like, just pay attention. Why can't you pay attention? So a few days go by, and I'm on the phone with somebody, and I'm talking on speakerphone so the kids can hear what I'm talking about. And the person was telling me about how somebody that we knew had gotten themselves in trouble and had stolen, like shoplifted, and then got themselves thrown in jail. So my son at the time, who was like four or five, he said, it sounds like she got herself into a real pickle. Now, let me tell you about the devotion that we had just done a few days before when I thought he wasn't paying attention at all. The title was, get out of that pickle or you're in a pickle or something like that. And it was talking about how sometimes we get into a pickle and we get into a pickle for several reasons. One of which is we get into a pickle because we have done something that has gotten us into a pickle. So we've sinned or we've um, just made a not good choice. Sometimes 
um, others have done something to us that can cause us to get into the pickle. And sometimes we just end up in a pickle. It wasn't something that we did or didn't do or something that somebody else did or didn't do. We just end up in this pickle, right? And so that was a funny story that we have in our family of how my son was able to like pull in this like, sounds like she's gotten herself into a real pickle. And so I bring that devotion up as a um, example of getting in and out of a pit. How do we get in and out of a pit? And what does that look like? And so um, some of you, and this is what I want to ask you, is like, what have you done? Or what has been done to you? Or what has happened in your life that has gotten you to a place where you feel like you're stuck in a pit? I'm going to be quiet for a minute, and I'm going to let you actually answer that question to yourself. What has gotten you to a place where you feel like you are stuck in a pit? Something that you have done or not done? Something that somebody has done to you? Or just life happened and before you knew it, you were caught up in this pit? So I'm going to give you a minute to think about it. Okay, so many of you came up with many different stories. It could have been, I ran away. I went against my parents and made a decision to do this. I stepped out of God's will. Many of you may be saying to yourself, I married the wrong person. Maybe you're caught in a, a what you feel like is a marriage pit. And what I want to tell you is that that thought is not biblical. And um, a lot of times people look for an excuse out of a difficult marriage because they think they've married the wrong person. And that is a common tool that Satan uses. And so this isn't a situation where you're being abused um, in any way, shape, or form. Then you need to get to a safe place and then you need to begin the process of trying to um, to address that situation. And at times that will lead to a divorce because of safety. So this is not that. I'm just saying a lot of times people get into a pickle, they get into this dark pit and then suddenly they want out of it and they look for these quick fixes. And a lot of times people think that's the divorce. So that's just a little bit of a commercial um, that talks about that particular thing because I've heard that many, many times. Um, So one of the things I want you to think about as you're thinking about these things that have gotten you into a pit, I want to help you to understand that there is going to be these voices, this, this constant communication that we have in our own minds, in our heart, and in our soul. And this is one of the things that is so important for us to discuss because sometimes we have a hard time hearing and learning how to get out of the pit because we have this battle within condemnation versus conviction. 
Satan says the most hopeless things to us in the moment about different things that lead to discouragement and despair and guilt and shame. Those things will never help you get out of a pit and it will never help you help somebody else out of a pit. So often I hear those tactics in the church and it makes me very sad because I know that shame breeds addiction. Any kind of shame that we place on somebody inadvertently or purposefully will never help us get out of a pit and it will never help other people get out of a pit. A common One that I hear in the Christian community and in many churches is, if you just read your Bible more, if you just went to church more, if you just did more godly things, you would be happier. You would be able to overcome your anxiety and depression. You may be like about to hit delete because you've been hearing that your whole life and you don't see anything wrong with that statement. But the fact is that Just saying that to somebody who's hurting tells them that what I am is not good enough. And so what it does is it heaps more shame onto them. And so as a counselor, when I'm working with people who have anxiety and who have depression, it is vital and essential that I sit with them and I offer empathy and compassion and understanding and grace. Because only when we offer grace will somebody ever be in a position to be able to receive truth. People have to be able to trust us, right? They have to be able to trust us with their brokenness. And the moment we throw some simple comment like, you just got to read your Bible and pray more, then you will be happy, right? I remember um, I've had clients tell me before things like, I don't understand why I have to pay somebody To sit and listen to me who can offer empathy. Why can't I find these things in my own church and in my own Christian communities? And that's a very true statement. It's something that is very much lacking in our culture. The ability for people to empathize with people in their pain. It's an art that we Christians need to begin to really understand. If we want to save our nation that is running away from God... We need to tap into the best resource we have to teach us empathy, grace, and truth. A perfect combination, and that is Jesus. Jesus shows us all throughout Scripture the grace and love and mercy and truth that we should, as believers, share with other people. An example of this is the woman at the well. He comes to her. He speaks to her heart. He never judges her. He never ridicules her. He approaches her because he cares about her soul. And he ends up building a connection with her because she is an outcast in the society. Not only because of the choices that she's made and her sin, but also because of her status in the community. She was considered lowly because she was a woman and she came from a a culture that was not acceptable 
that wasn't highly sought after in that time. And so what we see is that Jesus approaches her. He doesn't judge her. He doesn't think he's better than her because he's a man and she's a woman or because, you know, he's a, he has a higher status than she does. He meets with her on her level. And he tells her about Jesus from a place of neutrality where he's not judging her or putting any shame on her, but a place of grace and mercy. And then when he was able to build the bridge of empathy with her, then he was able to connect with her heart and begin offering the living water. And then he was even able to speak truth to her because he then was able to say, I know of your lifestyle and I know the choices you made and I know how many husbands you've had. But he doesn't sit there and shame her with those. He says, go and sin no more. He lets her know, I know what you've done and I still love you and there's still hope for you. This is how we can help ourselves get out of a pit by recognizing these voices of condemnation versus these voices of judgment and ridicule and con condemnation right so we want to recognize condemnation versus conviction now jesus models for us beautifully how to communicate in a way to ourselves and to other people that can help build them and entrust in them. And I always go back to the verse that is found in 2 Corinthians chapter 7, where it talks about how we can overcome these voices. And I go back to this often, and I know that I've shared it on even this podcast before many times, because I think this Bible verse directly deals with our own humanity and how we communicate to ourselves. It helps us to recognize the very tools and recipe for overcoming anxiety and depression. So here it says, Godly sorrow brings repentance that leads to salvation and leaves no regret, but worldly sorrow brings death. Then it says, See what this godly sorrow has produced in you, an earnestness, an eagerness to clear yourselves, an indignation, um, an alarm, what longing, what concern, what readiness to see justice done. Those are the things that godly conviction does, is it helps us to want to overcome these things and gives us this ability to fight against Satan, to fight against the evilness, and to begin to repent and recognize that we need to repent and turn our face to God. But we can only do this when we recognize why we are in the pit. Some of you are in a pit because you've lost a loved one. And it wasn't your fault. It had nothing to do with something that you did or didn't do. And some of you are in a pit because you've been abused. And you feel lost. And Satan in the face of the most horrendous tragedies, tragedies, any tragedies in our life, but the most horrendous tragedies, that's when he really works overtime 
And that goes back to like the crisis of our faith, right? So we have this sudden like painful situation and Satan is going to use it for every ounce that he can to try to keep us from our focus, to keep our focus away from God because that's what he does best. So recognizing how you got into the pit. And for some of you, you got into a pit because something so hurtful and painful entered into your world and Satan began to attack you on that level. This has happened to me in my life several times where the most horrific tragedies, Satan began to threaten my faith and to try to steal me away from God. Well, if God loves you, he wouldn't allow your daughter to be in the ICU fighting for her life. And I remember in that moment, because that happened to me a year and a half ago, I remember telling God in the ambulance, in the lifeline, on the way to the hospital. And I said, God, if you take my daughter, I'm done. I was looking back, I realized that that was Satan attacking me. And I had a friend who called me at that very moment. And at that moment, this friend who has lost a child and knows that pain was able to communicate to my heart in the most amazing way, the way that God knew I needed to hear. And he said, right now, I know you want to lose trust. And I know that your faith is being attacked. He said, you need to hang on to God. You need to trust him with everything in your being right now. And trust that God is going to take care of your, your little girl. And that he's got your heart. And at that point, I started crying. And I said to God, I said, God, I entrust her into your heart. And I said, I won't stop serving you no matter what you do. I will trust you. And I'm like, please heal my little girl. The miracle of medicine and the miracle of prayers and most importantly, the miracle of Jesus himself. By the next morning, my little girl was walking down the hallway, looking out the window. And that is God. And so that was a time when I was in a pit. And even for six months after that, I had the hardest time because I came face to face with the most huge fear in my life of losing one of my children. And um, that was really hard for me. And even months after that, I had nightmares and I had trauma and I had, um, I was very anxious and I was struggling. But even through that, there is good. At a time when I thought, how could any, and I remember saying this to God, how could any good come from what's happening right now? And yet I've been able to see beauty that has come from even that situation. And so what has gotten you into a pit? Have you fallen into sin? Have you stepped out of God's will? Is it something that you've done, that you've gone astray? Friend, there is now no condemnation to those of us who are in Christ. John 3.17 There is no condemnation. 
This is when we turn to God to get out of that pit, even if we've turned away. Sometimes there's like embarrassment, there's guilt, there's like, you know, I know I'm not going to really change. Um, I'm not going to, like, I'm not going to come to God because I know that I'll probably use again. Or I'm not going to come to God because I know that I'll probably, you know, not go to church. Friends, that's what Satan's doing to keep you from coming to God. And so come to God and trust him with the rest and keep coming back to God over and over and over again. So there is a quote by Rachel Den Hollander that I really like as she was working through, she's a victim of Larry Nasser who was um, sexually abused. He was a, Larry Nasser was a doctor, a famous doctor who treated many, many um, U.S. gymnastics um, individuals. And he abused hundreds of girls. And she is the first one and the most brave one who, like, I'll say the most brave, but she was the first one and a very brave soul for coming forward and standing up to him. And then when she came up, other victims began to come out and say these things happened to them. But when she was processing the pain that she went through as a young girl trying to overcome this abuse, there was a period where she too had a crisis of faith. And in that crisis of faith, she made the comment that she started to think like, I don't know if I believe in a God who allows evilness like this to happen. And then she began to realize that if she had no God, she said, if I realized that if I had no God, I had no hope. If she had no God, she would have no hope. And she recognized that early. She still had things to work out. And so friends, if God, if, if you feel that God has abandoned you, I want you to know that he has not. There's been many, many times in my life where I felt like God's abandoned me or my family members. But when I've wrestled through that time, I can look back and always see where God was working and present in that situation. Satan tells us that God's abandoned us because he wants to lead us to that worldly sorrow because his ultimate goal is death. So what is needed to get out of the pit is we need to see the pit for what it really is. We need to have a new understanding, a new perspective of this situation in our life. And this is where a really good Christian counselor can help you. Because the things that are in our heads that we never speak a word to, when we can finally speak these things out loud to a trusted professional or a wise counselor, Um, a wise pastor in the mental health area, or a wise biblical counselor, like, and you can see that, hey, we're not, we're not judging you in the face of this disclosure. Some things I hear on a regular basis, and then, like, when people say it for the first time, they're so relieved when I'm not caught off guard, when I hear certain things that, they think all the time that plague them. And I'm like, oh yeah, I've heard that before. That's a pretty normal thought. And they're like, really? 
But Satan's been telling them they're crazy or something's wrong with them or they're too far gone. All these different things. Right? So, friends, if you're caught in a pit today, the way to get out of the pit is to begin recognizing the dark place that you're in. It's also kind of like um, sometimes I refer to it as being caught in a well or stuck in a well. And the way to get out is to begin looking up. That's the only way. The only way we can get out of a dark time, a difficult time in our life, a place where we feel stuck is to look up. And that's why I have this podcast. Because I want to help people who are stuck in a position of powerlessness and they're being fed these lies from the enemy through family members, through people at school, through the media sources, all these lies that tell us that we're not good enough, that we're not valuable, that we don't have any worth or that something's wrong with us. We are constantly fed these lies. And so what I want is for people to recognize that those are Satan's tactics, but God is so much bigger than that. And that he is able to help all of us if we surrender to him to overcome this dark, difficult pit that we're in. Friends, I've seen some people who've gone through some of the most like traumatic and difficult experiences of their life. And I've seen them find joy through the process of Christian counseling and been able to watch what God does in their life. And it's not about the counselor. It's about what God is doing. And I just get to be a part of the process. I get to watch people work through healing and point them to Jesus. Again, you have to look up. One of the things, I was on a um, train a few years ago. And it was in a big city. And there was this guy that got on the train. And he was a homeless guy. And he looked really rough and dirty and hopeless And his head, I don't think I've ever seen anybody slouch down as much as I saw this man slouch down. And my heart ached for this man. And still when I talk about it, I get a little emotional. Because I never want anybody to sit with their head hung so low thinking that they have nothing to live for that they're scum of the earth or that they are worthless and unvaluable because that man was a child of God and God loved him. And it's been all these years, it's been two years at least since I saw that man. And every day I think about him and I pray for him. And on some level I regret not talking to him but we were on a stop and we were quickly getting off and it was really cold and I probably would have scared him more but what I really wanted to do was go over and tap him on the shoulder and kneel down and tell him to look at me 
and tell him that God loves him and that he is created in God's image to do wonderful things. And I so desperately wanted that man to feel the love of God that I've been able to feel in my life. And that's why I have this podcast. Because many of you, most of you all will never meet face to face. But I get to meet with people every day and I get to let them know that I care about them. I care about their heart. And most importantly, they have a God who loves them, who cares about them, who sees them. And yes, there are things we need to overcome in our life. There are sins that we need to address. But we don't do it alone. We do it with the Heavenly Father who's with us. He's our lighthouse. And so friends, I'm going to end this today with just a prayer. And I'm going to pray for you. Those of you who are feeling like you're caught in a pit. Because I too have felt that way too many times. And so I'm going to read a few verses and then I'm going to pray. Job 33, 28. He has redeemed my soul from going to the pit and my life shall see the light. Psalm 42. He brought me up out of the pit of destruction, out of the miry clay, and he set my feet upon a rock, making my footsteps firm. Psalm 69, 15. May the flood of water not overflow me, nor the deep swallow me up, nor the pit shut its mouth on me. And then finally, Job 33, 30. To bring back his soul from the pit, that he may be enlightened with the light of life. Dear Heavenly Father, Lord, I don't know the people that are listening today. Lord, I don't know what they're going through. But Lord, I know that you do. And I know how you have used things like podcasts and books and radio broadcasts to speak to me and help me when I felt stuck and alone. So Lord, I pray that this podcast will speak to the people who are listening, the people who are feeling hopeless and broken, the people who feel like you have abandoned them and walked away. Lord, I pray that you will use this podcast to help them to know that you are right there with them, that they are never alone and that you will never forsake us. Lord, I pray, I don't know what they're going through. Lord, I don't know what their pit looks like, but I know what my pits have looked like in life and they're hard and they're painful and they're lonely. So Lord, I pray that this very moment they will lift their head, that they will open their eyes and they will look to the skies and they will see you in all of your radiance and in all of your goodness and in all of your faithfulness and know that you are walking through this dark time with them. Lord, you never promised that we would never walk through a storm, but you did promise that you will always walk through the storm with us and that we will never face it alone. So Lord, I pray that they will grab hold of you and not let go. Because if we don't know God, we have no hope. 
And Lord, if we don't have Jesus as our Savior, we have no hope. And the very thing we need to walk through a tragedy is a loving, faithful, wonderful, and convicting Holy Spirit. Lord, I pray for these people who are listening, and I pray that they will leave this podcast and have a new internal motivation to conquer and to get out of that dark well, that pit that they find themselves in today. In Jesus' precious name, amen. All right, friends, thank you. And I pray that this was Um, beneficial for you on some level and um, please subscribe to uh, my channel and share the podcast with anyone that you think could benefit I know like I have really appreciated many of my friends who just send me all kinds of resources songs and um, podcasts and books like anything that they find that uplifts them I would appreciate if you shared it and again send me your emails I love to get you guys' emails, and um, I try to respond to each one that I get, and I would love to hear from you. Um, And so I wish you guys the best. Thank you so much for following and listening to my podcast. It means the world to me. Um, And so God bless. Have a wonderful week. Bye.